Most of us know the story of the death of St. Maximilian Kolbe. After being taken to a concentration camp, the concentration camp at Auschwitz in May of 1941, St. Maximilian offered his life in exchange for another prisoner who had been condemned to death. It happened near the end of July in that same year, 1941, when someone from Maximilian's cell block escaped from the camp. As soon as he found out about it, the commandant of the camp decided that ten other prisoners would be chosen at random from that cell block and executed in retaliation for the one who had escaped. One of those chosen was Francis Yawanisek, a married man who had a young family. When he was chosen out of the line, he immediately fell to his knees and he begged that his life be spared for the sake of his wife and for the sake of his young children. It was then that St. Maximilian Kolbe stepped forward and offered to take his place. The commandant of the camp sneered at him and said, Who is this Polish swine? St. Maximilian Kolbe answered by saying, very simply, I am a Catholic priest. In commenting on this event, Archbishop Timothy Dolan of Milwaukee wrote the following. He wrote, notice that Father Colby did not reply, I am Maximilian Colby. Nor did he reply, I am a Pole. Nor did he reply, I am a human being. Nor did he reply, I am a friend of this man. His response was simply and humbly, I am a Catholic priest. In the eyes of God, in his own eyes, in the eyes of God's church and his suffering people, Maximilian Kolbe's identity was that of a priest. At the core of his being, on his heart, was engraved a name tag, which marked him forever a priest of God. That identity could not be erased by the inhuman circumstances of a death camp or the godless environment of Auschwitz, or by the fact that Father Colby was hardly doing the things one usually associates with priestly ministry. His priestly identity hardly depended upon the acclaim of those around him, or was lessened by the doubts and crisis he may personally have experienced in such a tortured setting. That identity, his identity, came from God and was embedded indelibly within, born of a call he had detected early on from the Master to follow him, and sealed forever by the sacrament of holy orders. So conscious was he of his priestly identity that he could boldly answer the sneer of the Nazi commandant and simply state what he knew to be the central fact of his personal definition. I am a Catholic priest. 
Archbishop Dolan said it perfectly. The United States Navy used to promote itself with the saying, it's not just a job, it's an adventure. Well, the priesthood is an adventure, <laughs> that's for sure. But it's not just a job, that's important to note. Which, unfortunately, is what some Catholics think it is. It's a vocation. It's not just a job, it's a vocation. It's akin to marriage. It's a lifelong commitment, a total commitment, a marital commitment. It's an identity. At a deeper level, you could even say that. The priesthood is not just a job, it's an identity. And it's an identity that's tied directly to the person of Jesus Christ, the great high priest. Many lay people, and sad to say, even some priests, have lost sight of this fundamental truth in recent decades. And you know what? We have all suffered because of it. Thankfully, Maximilian Kolbe never forgot this truth, this ontological fact about himself. He never forgot who he was by virtue of his priestly ordination. And you see, it was that self-understanding that inspired him in the hellhole of Auschwitz. It inspired him to reach out to others, even in that hellish environment. And it inspired him even before he offered his life for Francis Yawanisek. You know, historians tell us that St. Maximilian would offer the little share of food he was given each day. He would offer a good portion of it to other prisoners. To me, that fact alone is striking. I ask you tonight, if you were given a portion of food every day that was not sufficient for you, would you want to give it to somebody else, even a part of it? Especially if you didn't even know the person. St. Maximilian heard confessions in Auschwitz. He said Mass in secret. Had he been caught, he would have been killed immediately. He put his own life on the line because of who he was, because he understood the importance of what he was about and what he was doing. He did the work of a priest. He served others in the spirit of that beautiful gospel text we just heard from the Gospel of John. He washed the feet of others, so to speak, in some of the worst circumstances imaginable because he had a strong sense of his priestly identity. He did all that he did because he knew exactly who he was. It's been about 40 years since the Second Vatican Council closed. In the years since then, I am sad to say, especially in the years closer to when the Council ended, a lot of priests were trained to think of themselves, believe it or not, as second-rate social workers. 
or second-rate psychologists. Thank God by the time I got into the seminary, a lot of this had gone away. But there was still some of it there. And that became their identity. And I fear a lot of people have gone to hell in the last 40 years because of bad priestly formation like that. You see, instead of helping people to meet Jesus Christ in word and in sacrament, some of these priests have been more concerned with helping people find themselves. They've been more concerned with helping people experience psychological wholeness. Whatever the heck that is. I don't think psychologists agree on what that is. So a lot of these priests have neglected to preach about things like sin. And they downplayed the need for confession. Some of you go to parishes sometimes when you're on vacation. You come back and tell me, Father Ray, I can't believe what I heard. I can believe what you heard. They fail to teach people about the real presence of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. Consequently, what has happened? Some of the, priests, the, the, the sheep entrusted to their care have probably not received the forgiveness and the grace they've needed to be saved and go to heaven. If priests don't know who they are, then they obviously won't do what they're supposed to do for their flocks. And the sheep of Jesus Christ will suffer the consequences, as many have in the last 40 years. That means some of them will die, because the wolf doesn't sleep. Of course, I'm talking about spiritual death here. Think about it. If St. Maximilian Kolbe did not know who he was as a priest, some of the prisoners he ministered to in Auschwitz might have died in the state of mortal sin. That's because St. Maximilian would have told them, Oh, you're good. You're good enough. Don't worry about it. You did some stuff in your past. Eh, God's love. He's a big cream puff in the sky. Don't worry about it. You don't need confession. He would have said something like that to a lot of them. And no doubt some of them at least did need to go. To confession. In paragraph 1563 of the Catechism, it says this, quoting one of the documents of Vatican II. Through the sacrament of holy orders, priests, by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, are signed with a special character, and so are configured to Christ the priest in such a way that they are able to act in the person of Christ the head. Now, that's technical theological language. But basically, it means that when a priest ministers sacramentally, it's Jesus Christ who is working directly through him by the grace of his ordination. It's a great gift the Lord has given to his church. And I'm not worthy of it. Nobody is. This is why the priest says, I absolve you when he brings you God's forgiveness in the sacrament of reconciliation. He doesn't say, oh yeah, Jesus absolves you. No, he says, I absolve you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Father A, you're just a human person. You can't forgive sins. That's absolutely correct. 
Of my own power, I cannot take away your sins. But Jesus Christ can. And the Jesus present in me by virtue of ordination, who has configured me to himself in this way in his priesthood, has given me the power to do that. So when you walk out of that confessional, you got no sins on your soul. You've repented of them all sincerely. This also explains why the priest does not say, this is Jesus' body, and this is Jesus' blood at the consecration of the Mass. Because he acts in the person of Christ during the liturgy, he speaks the words of Jesus Christ himself. This is my body. This is my blood. Does this make me any holier than you? I wish it did. <laughs> it does not. This does not make the priest any holier than anybody else. For a priest to be holy, he has to practice the same virtues that everybody else has to practice. Some of us do. Some of us don't. doesn't make us any holier. Holiness is not a byproduct of ordination. Again, there's part of me that wishes it, it were. <laughs> Would make life easier for me. <laughs> but it is a demand of ordination. And you know what? It's also a demand of baptism. <laughs> and you're all baptized, right? <laughs> you're all called to be holy as I am. St. Paul, who was a priest himself, once wrote, and this is a powerful line, especially to me as a priest, he wrote, I discipline my own body and master it for fear, for fear that after having preached to others, I myself should be rejected. The great St. Paul knew that he could fall into serious sin in spite of the fact that he was configured to Christ by his apostleship and by his priesthood. But thankfully, and this is also important to note, even if a priest sins seriously, the sacraments he celebrates are still valid. Praise God. Again, that's because Jesus Christ is doing the sacramental work through him. When the priest baptizes, it's Jesus who baptizes. When the priest absolves, it's Jesus who absolves. When the priest consecrates the Eucharist, it's Jesus who consecrates the Eucharist. When the priest anoints the sick, it's Jesus Christ who anoints the sick. Praise God. So on this Holy Thursday night, on this beautiful anniversary of the institution of the priesthood and the Holy Eucharist, I ask you sincerely to pray for all priests. I've asked you to do that many times before, but tonight I ask you to pray for them specifically that they will know who they are. Pray that they will know and understand the great grace that's been given to them unworthy though they might be by virtue of their ordination. Because, my brothers and sisters, if they know who they are as priests, 
then they will help you to be the people, the disciples, the saints that God calls you to be.